Hey there, everyone. Happy Friday. It is Denise Salcedo. You're here on F4W Online. You are watching Speak Now Pro Wrestling. It is March 10th, and we are here to talk about both SmackDown and AEW Rampage. And man, I am in a great mood, everyone. Um, so just a heads up, this time next week, I will be at opening night for Taylor Swift's uh, Eras Tour, and I'm so freaking stoked. So yes, um, next week, just a heads up to everybody, I will be here on Tuesday to talk about NXT. I will be here on Wednesday for AEW Dynamite. I will not be here next Friday, so heads up, everyone. There's something in my eye. Whoa. Okay. Heads up on Friday. I will not be here because I will be at the Taylor Swift concert opening night, having a great time. Uh, so just a heads up on that for those of you who tune in next week and are like, where the house Denise, but we got this Friday's edition of Smack SmackDown and Rampage to talk about. And let me tell you, we got some things to get into, especially on the SmackDown side of things. We got our first Hall of Fame inductee. We also got, um, you know, we're finding out more about WrestleMania. I got some theories, some predictions based on what we saw here today. And then we also got some items to touch on for Rampage. So we are going to get into that in just a second. But just a heads up, everybody, if you want to help support this podcast or get your question your statement your opinion right here on this podcast you are more than welcome to send in a super chat at any point whatsoever uh so let's get to it we actually got our first super chat from um steven 777 he sends a message saying Friday night hangouts with Denise are the best. Is Ray the first active performer to go into the Hall of Fame? And can we expect an angle that night with Dominic Mysterio? So let's kick things off with what I would consider probably, yeah, definitely the biggest news of the night. Definitely the biggest news from SmackDown, from everything. Uh, and that is that the first inductee for the 2023 Hall of Fame is Ray Mysterio. So I know there's a lot of people going like, man, he's still an active member. Remember, what does this mean? What does this mean? Uh, so there's kind of a lot that I want to touch on in regards to this. So first and foremost, um, I'm going to tell you like when uh, they said that they were, uh, you know, going to announce the first inductee for the Hall of Fame, there was, you know, a lot of talk on social media about who people thought it was going to be. And so um, nobody, I don't think anybody, at least I didn't see anybody predict or report that it was going to be Rey Mysterio. So I feel like it really came as a huge surprise to a lot of people because I didn't see it like anywhere on social media. Like I didn't see anybody bringing up Rey Mysterio's name. So when Rey Mysterio was announced as the first inductee for the Hall of Fame, dude, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I kind of felt a little bit emotional with that one because, you know, obviously I, I feel like, you know, I'm a big Rey Mysterio fan. I feel like everybody here or at least most of everybody, um, big Rey Mysterio fans it's like when it comes to Rey Mysterio god I don't even know where to begin when it comes to Rey Mysterio there's so much that I want to touch on like obviously you know everything that uh he the thing that I want to touch on first and foremost is that Rey Mysterio revolutionized this sport guys he is somebody that his influence and his style, the way that he went into the ring, everything that he did inside the ring, you know, the way that he wrestled, everything, the high-flying stuff, all of it, everything that Rey Mysterio is revolutionized this 
sport. Okay. There are so many guys that were uh, guys and gals, excuse me, that were influenced by Rey Mysterio. There are so many wrestlers. If you ask them, who is it that, you know, made you want to be a wrestler? Who made you want to be a wrestler? Who inspired you? Rey Mysterio, Rey Mysterio. Uh, he cultivate, he helped co- like launch this whole new style. And on top of that, like, we're just like, that's just like me right now talking about like, you know, uh, speaking like American wise, but on top of that, uh, he also, you know, changed uh, stuff in Mexico as well. Like he changed the game in Mexico as well, because uh, initially, you know, guys that were Rey Mysterio's size, they weren't used in these like prime top positions. Like they were used in the undercard. They were, you know, used as minis. Like he was going to be a mini. If it wasn't for Conan, because Conan was the one that basically told um, Antonio Pena, like you need to not have him as a mini. Like this guy is going to revolutionize Lucha Libre. And so thankfully he wasn't made into a mini. Like imagine had Rey Mysterio been made into a mini. Like it's crazy when you think about like the things that could have happened. But anyways, so um, Rey Mysterio legitimately revolutionized the sport uh, in so many ways. And then on top of that, you also need to talk about his mask. His mask is one of the most recognizable mask that there is when it comes to Lucha. And uh, definitely in the United States, the most recognizable Lucha mask for sure. Like you see it everywhere. Like you see it in sporting events. Like how many times don't you see like people having like their team colors, but the Rey Mysterio mask, you see it everywhere. Um, So it's something that is so um unique. And I just feel like everything that Rey Mysterio has done you, you know, we had the moment where everybody was chanting, you deserve it today. And oh, while so many people deserve all of the things that they get in this particular moment, when Rey Mysterio was getting the you deserve a chance, I'm like, bro, if anybody deserves it, it is Rey Mysterio. So that is kind of like the first portion that I want to get at in terms of like how important it is that Rey Mysterio is being inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. But on top of that, what I want to get at is some theories and some predictions here because, look, there's two ways that I'm looking at this. First and foremost, we got to think about the vicinity of where all of this is taking place. We are getting, uh, you know, WrestleMania 39 in Los Angeles. It's a two-hour drive from San Diego, the 619. Um, so clearly, it makes a lot more sense for uh, for for Rey Mysterio to be inducted in this WrestleMania, like getting inducted any place else in any other city that's not here that's not you know uh that's not here it would kind of just not be I don't know how to explain it like it just means a little bit extra more with it being here right but then that makes you wonder two things so I think and I feel like this is kind of it's hard to say but I think we're getting closer to Rey Mysterio's retirement That's like kind of my theory, my prediction here. Now, I don't know if by retirement, I mean happening at WrestleMania or happening down the line. I don't know. I have a feeling that I have two feelings. So either Rey Mysterio made it known to the forces that be that maybe he's going to be retiring soon. And they were like, okay, if we're going to induct him, we might as well induct him now in Los Angeles because, you know, all of the other WrestleManias are going to be someplace else. Um, That's one thing. The other thing that I'm thinking about is like, what if, and I don't know, this is just a theory. This is just a theory, but what you never know, like this could be, this could be like his, 
I don't even want to put it out there, but what if this is like coming up at WrestleMania? What if it is Rey Mysterio's last match? I don't know, man. I just have this like slight little tiny feeling where what if after, like, let's say we do get Rey Mysterio, Dominic Mysterio, right? It's just Rey versus Dom. What if after, what if after the match, Rey Mysterio just hands his mask to Dominic Mysterio? Like, what if guys, I don't know, man. It, it, did anybody else think about this? Because I kind of feel like it, it, it was one of the things that it just kind of hit me where I'm thinking, oh my God, we're, I feel like this is almost the end of, you know, Rey Mysterio's run or whatever. And it, it kind of got me thinking like, shit, if you're going to do it, why not do it in the biggest stage um, at WrestleMania 39 in Los Angeles? Now I don't, I'm not entirely too sure. So this is just like my gut feeling right now. But I guess we'll see what is going to go, what is going to go down, what is going to happen. Um, I also want to talk about the fact that I don't know, and someone, if you in the chat remember this, but um, I recall there being some sort of trademark for Prince Mysterio. So I'm wondering if that's what we're going to end up seeing with Dominic Mysterio down the line and maybe a lot sooner than expected. So that's something else to think about. On top of that, I was thinking about, you know, who would be the one to induct Rey Mysterio into the Hall of Fame. And uh, honestly, like, I know that because of the terms and because, you know, they're not on good terms or, you know, all of the stories and everything. I do think that the perfect person to induct Rey Mysterio would be Conan, but I don't know that that's going to happen. So I'm assuming because Vicky Guerrero is reportedly wrapping up with AEW, uh, I could see Vicky and Chavo being the ones to induct Rey Mysterio. I don't know. Those are just a couple of theories all around uh, about the um uh, you know, about the Hall of Fame induction. So let's get some thoughts in here. Let's see what you guys are saying. But thank you so much to Steven for kicking us off. I'm right there. Uh, let's see what the vibe is in regards to this. Uh, let's see. Mm. Oh, my God. Okay. So let's see. Let's see. Sam Fine says, I would shoot cry, especially as I'm going to be there. I don't know, guys. TDI7 says, I honestly don't think the mask is going to come into play. Well, it already has. It already has come into play. You know, it's been part of the, uh, you know, part of the story where, you know, Dominic Mysterio hasn't been respectful of the, you know, of his, le of his father's legacy. He hasn't been respectful of the Mysterio name. R remember that match with Santos Escobar, when Santos Escobar was having him stare down at the mask and trying to get him to respect uh the mysterial legacy and he wasn't and then afterwards he like rips it apart it, it technically has come into play already but uh i don't know guys major blood sends sends in his thoughts saying if dom dons the mask and becomes prince mysterial then he'd have huge shoes to fill i don't think he's ready for that if it's sooner rather than later i don't think so either guys like i look when it comes to it i don't want to see Personally, I wouldn't want to see the Rey Mysterio mask with Dominic uh, more in terms of a symbol of him. Like if he was supposed to if he just hands him the ma the mask type of deal and as a symbol of I'm done, then, OK, I would get that. But I wouldn't want it to be like where where Dominic continues wearing it. You know, uh, if he's going to do a mask thing, I would like it to be like, I don't know, a totally different mask or something. But Man, I don't know, guys. I feel like something is going to happen because if not, why would they be doing all of this here? Uh, so we'll see if, uh, you know, what happens. All right, let's see what else we got here. This is from Dante NYC who says, 
He definitely deserves it. Strange, though, if he's being inducted, you'd think they'd want his son to say a few words, but looks like they're working the angle. Wonder how they're going to do it. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean, uh, because it is happening, obviously, on the Friday, uh, you know, before WrestleMania. So it's not like if Dominic Mysterio can go out there and be like, you know, this, this and that, my dad. Uh, but, you know, I don't know what they're going to do, guys, because we did have more. Uh, we did have more, obviously, with uh, we ended up having a match today on SmackDown between the Judgment Day and Legado del Fantasma. And so the, the Judgment Day does get the win. Uh, Dominic gets the win for his uh for his for his team for his group whatever and after this we do get a confrontation again between dominic mysterio and ray mysterio and dom is pretty much pushing him uh once again trying to get ray to fight him ray still doesn't want to fight him and he even gets he even goes as far to say that at the end of the day i should have been eddie's son uh, bringing back that whole storyline into it. So this was pretty funny in terms of him saying that he should have been Eddie's son because according to him, Rey Mysterio was a deadbeat father. Um, so uh, <laughs> regardless, guys, like uh, the fact that we're getting the Hall of Fame, uh, the Hall of Fame induction, I don't know, guys, it's got me, it's got me thinking like what the hell is going to happen when we see what I'm assuming we're going to see, which is Rey Mysterio versus Dominic. Now, this hasn't been made official yet, but that feels like the obvious direction in which they're headed for this particular WrestleMania. Uh, RS sends in its thoughts as well, saying, I don't think Dom interrupts the Hall of Fame speech. They'll do an angle to make sure he's not in the building or something. I would hope not. I don't, I don't necessarily, I wouldn't want to see Dominic Mysterio interrupt his, uh, his Hall of Fame speech. I definitely wouldn't want to see that. I feel like there are certain, but here's the thing. Personally, for me, I think there's certain moments where you kind of just want it to be what it is. And when when Rey Mysterio gets inducted and has this, you know, time to do his speech and all of that, I legitimately just want to hear what Rey has to say about his career. I don't necessarily want an angle to be taking part in this, but I feel like it's such. But I feel like they're I feel like they, they it wouldn't be. I could see them doing it, though, is what I'm trying to say. I can see them definitely making it into an angle, like maybe after five minutes of Rey Mysterio talking, all of a sudden, you know, Dominic does something, you know, I can definitely see that happening. I would prefer for it not to because I would just want to get a straightforward, respectable and classy Hall of Fame induction for Rey Mysterio. You can do everything else at, you know, at WrestleMania, but uh, for the actual Hall of Fame, I wouldn't want an angle. But again, I do think that it'll happen. And everybody's kind of agreeing here i'm seeing everybody saying that they want to hear ray talk exactly you just want to get him talking about his career and you know everything right so there you go man i can't i'm so excited that ray mysterio is being inducted into the hall of fame guys like i'm freaking thrilled about it but we got some more wrestlemania stuff so we ended up having as you guys know the fatal five way which included drew mcintyre sheamus karen cross la knight xavier woods uh in this match to determine who was going to go on to face gunther now Everybody here, we were talking about this last week. Everybody was pretty much thinking, okay, we're going to get Sheamus versus Drew versus Gunther. And I remember saying, like, I'm good with either option, guys. Like, I don't care if we get Sheamus versus Gunther, Drew versus Gunther, 
Seamus, Drew, and Gunther. I don't care. I'm good with any of those three options, right? But if you were to say, hey, Denise, which one do you really want? I'd be like, yeah, obviously, the more the merrier. Give us a three-way, right? So they ended up ending this match with a double pin. So both Drew McIntyre and Seamus get the double pin. So I'm thinking, okay, this is great. We are going to be getting that triple threat match at WrestleMania. But then instead... We ended up having a segment backstage where we're seeing Drew McIntyre and Sheamus and they're arguing about this. And then there's another segment where Gunther approaches Adam Pierce and tells him, he starts teaching him about, you know, freaking plurals and shit. He's telling them, you know, I'm here for, you know, a singular opponent, singular, like I just wanted one opponent, right? So then Adam Pierce to calm down Gunther is like, okay, fine. Next week on SmackDown, we are going to be getting uh, uh, Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre. And the winner of that match will then be your opponent at WrestleMania. So now here's the thing. I still think because of the way that they um because of the way that they did the double pin here today and because of the way that Gunther was so upset about having the about having to face two people at WrestleMania, I have a feeling we are still going to see that three way. I think they're just trying to, you know, they're trying to you know, take us down a different path. But I definitely think we're still going to get that three-way. And at this point, I'm like, y'all teased it already. Now you guys better do this three-way because you teased it already. You got our hopes up. So um, I, I still think it's going to happen. I don't know. Some predictions, people are like, okay, maybe there's going to be like a, a double count out, a DQ, or some sort of silly ending that is going to lead to um, – you know, both Drew McIntyre and Sheamus somehow uh, being in this match. And I really hope that's the way that they go because I think it'll be a lot more uh, entertaining. So uh, let's see what we got here. But we got pretty much everybody here seeing the exact same thing in terms of uh, it being a uh, triple threat, preferably. We got a super chat, a very generous one here from RS. Thank you so much to RS who says, do you think they get the tag titles to run? Do you think they get the tag titles to Ronda and Shayna to lead to a match with Liv and Natty or Liv and Raquel? I can't see any other way you get Liv on the show. I'd prefer that than damage control working twice. Um, so let me think about this because obviously you got, uh, you know, you, you have your tag team champions in Becky and Lita and, you know, they're going to, you know, do that six woman tag from the looks of it. Um, in terms of Ronda and Shayna, here's the thing. Like, I feel like you can still do the tag team match without having the tag team titles involved. So I feel like regardless, you can still most likely get Liv on the show in that manner uh, without the tag team titles being involved. So I don't necessarily think you need the, I don't necessarily think you need them. And I do feel bad for Liv though. And I've said this before, but I do feel bad because I feel like she you know, she worked so hard and, you know, she had such great moments last year, winning the Money in the Bank, becoming SmackDown Women's Champion. And I really hate that the feud that she had with Ronda Rousey ended up kind of being a stinker. And I feel like that kind of impacted everything else that they've kind of, uh, you know, had her do. I almost feel like they're not, I almost feel like they're holding back on keeping 
or maintaining Liv Morgan at that championship level, like dealing with the main title, uh, the main contenders with the women's division. I keep feeling like they keep pushing her down a notch. And it kind of sucks because I do think that Liv Morgan should be, um, you know, I would honestly like, look, I know Oscar Bianca Belair is going to be an awesome match, but I wouldn't have, I feel like Liv Morgan worked so hard and all of the accomplishments that she did last year. I would have really liked to see Bianca Belair versus Liv Morgan, quite frankly. And it's one of those things, be- and I say that because also like the storyline right now with Oscar and Bianca necessarily hasn't been you know, the hottest thing on the show, in my opinion, it's been okay, but it hasn't been like, oh my God, I'm so excited. I'm mainly just excited for that match because I know it's going to be good and I know I'm going to get some great in-ring action, but I think that they could have probably done a little bit more in terms of storytelling with Liv Morgan and Bianca Belair. Like I do think Liv Morgan could have gotten an opportunity like this versus instead being shoved into possibly being shoved into a tag team match. Uh, So we'll see what happens there. But yeah, I do think Liv Morgan deserves a good spotlight on the show. Uh, Steven Marchuli sends in a super chat. Thank you so much to uh, Steven who says, "Um, would you open WrestleMania with Ray versus Dom? No, I don't think I would, guys. I don't think I would. And let me look. Hold on. Let me pull up the card really quickly. WrestleMania 38. Sorry, guys. I have a lot on my mind. I can't just memorize everything right now. Um, But oops, WrestleMania 38. Wrong WrestleMania. Jesus Christ. Okay. So um, based on the matches that we have right now. <sighs> Let's see. Let's see. Night one. So far, we know for sure Seth Rollins, Logan Paul is going to be night one because Logan Paul announced it on his podcast. And then the other matches, obviously, Roman Cody main event, Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley, most likely going to be a main event. Then you have Bianca Asuka, Brock Lesnar, Omaz, Gunther, Gunther versus possibly Sheamus and Drew, Austin Theory, John Cena, and then the six woman tag. Based on these options, the ones that we have right now, I would kick off WrestleMania with Seth Rollins and Logan Paul or or Gunther versus Sheamus versus Drew. Honestly, those would be those would be the matches based on what we have officially announced right now. And and I say officially announced with the Gunther match not being officially announced. Like we know the Gunther match is going to happen, but even if it's Gunther versus one person, I would still put that match uh, as an opener. I think that would be a phenomenal way to kick off the show because uh, I don't know. Like I just feel like those would be the types of matches that I would want to see open up the show because to me, you know, obviously the opener has to be, uh, you know, something that's going to get the crowd super fired up and excited and like yeah let's freaking go and what better way to kick off a match with either a fast-paced match with Seth and Logan or a hard-hitting match with Gunther and whomever so that's the way that I see it but uh thank you I wouldn't put Ray and Dominic at the opener I would put it someplace someplace else um thank you so much though for Steven for uh sending in this super chat um all right so let's go ahead and uh press on from here so after this let's talk about let's see what we got here so really quickly since we are on the subject of Wrestlemania um, I forgot what show it was on, but Becky G was announced to be performing uh, America the Beautiful on night one. Well, we officially know who's going to be performing America the Beautiful at night two, and that is Jimmy Allen. Jimmy Allen, ladies and gentlemen, Jimmy Allen. Um, <laughs> look, 
I'm going to be quite honest with you guys. I hate to be this person. I don't like being this person. I don't like to be the who, who's that person. I really hate being that person, but I legitimately do not know who Jimmy Allen is. Like I legitimately do not know. Uh, Becky G. I do know Becky G because, uh, you know, she's pretty. I see her. I follow pop music very closely and so I'm always you know seeing the pop girls and who hangs out with who and I mean look at me I'm wearing a Lana Del Rey shirt and my show is named after Taylor Swift so like I know these girls and so I see Becky G very often and I see her you know mix it in with these girls and I know what she's all about and I feel like Becky G was a great person to have singing America the Beautiful uh you know she's also you know she's Mexican-American she's from Inglewood to me Perfect, perfect, perfect. Uh, Jimmy Allen is a little bit different in terms of like country music doesn't necessarily, when I think of Los Angeles and I think of like Los Angeles performers, I don't necessarily think country music right away. And I don't listen to country music. And I don't want to shit on country music because Taylor Swift came from country music. And so, you know, and Shania Twain and I love them. But other than that, like I don't really know much about country music. So it it's a weird, it's an interesting choice for that audience. I mean, obviously it's America the Beautiful. Everybody knows America the Beautiful. So you can literally sing any type of genre of music and still do America the Beautiful. It's not like we're getting the Hardy performance all over again. Um, but I did think that, look, when it comes to LA, my thought on this is, to me, this is the easiest WrestleMania to book like some really hot, artist because they all live here most of them live here they get to drive like an hour and they're there instead of having to fly somewhere do you have any idea how many artists there are down here uh, i just feel like there's so many options so anyways but again i don't know jimmy allen but you know like good for him i'm excited to see uh hear him sing america the beautiful but yeah, I didn't, I didn't know him. Um, all right. So we got people saying I don't know either of them. I love Becky G. Uh, look, I'm rooting for her. I'm so happy Becky G is performing. And she grew up in Inglewood, guys. Think about this. Uh, I don't know how many of you guys know the area, but it's not a great area, okay? It's a low-income area. It, the crime rate, it, it's not great, okay? It's it's not great at all. And But, you know, they have the forum there. They have SoFi Stadium there. And with SoFi Stadium... Um, you know, it, it got very complicated in terms of uh, how do I explain this, like in terms of them, you know, raising the prices, kicking the poor out and this and that and all of the stuff that was happening there. But regardless, Becky G being from there and then getting the opportunity to perform at, you know, one of the, you know, freaking SoFi Stadium, that's huge that's so huge um i can only imagine what that must feel like getting to perform in the place that you were actually from uh that's great man so there you go all right so moving on from this we did get a quick match between the viking raiders defeating ricochet and braun Strowman. um this was fine honestly this was uh both teams both teams brought it. Uh, the thing that I do want to talk about really quickly in regards to this is that they're finally doing more with Viking Raiders. And I'm so happy because one of my big issues in the past with the Viking Raiders or, you know, most recently with the Viking Raiders is that they're so cartoonish and I don't like the cartoonish presentation. There's still some things that I would tweak. Like I'm not into like the, into Valhalla doing the bewitching stuff and she's trying to bewitch Ricochet. I'm not into that, but whatever. Um, 
I still thought that this match was very entertaining. Actually, there were some good moments like Ivar, Ivar going out there and doing that like splash onto uh, Braun Strowman on the barricade. That was really fun. The way, and I say this all the time, but his spinning heel kick is always very enjoyable to see. Uh, and then him doing the splash on Ricochet and getting the win. I thought it was a nice victory for the Viking Raiders. And I kind of feel like they're turning things around for the Viking Raiders. So I was good with this. We got a super chat here from RS. Thank you so much to RS uh, who says, great job, Denise. Your tweet about Raid about Ray made me smile. True fan, yet still providing constructive insight. Uh, rare quality these days. Have a good night. I appreciate that, guys. Um, I really, really do. Uh, I really care about what it is that I say on here and what I contribute to this space. So I really do try my best to, um, not just on Twitter, but on these podcasts to provide, you know, just some good information or some decent information. Uh, RS, thank you so much for the super chats. Much, much appreciated. Seriously. Um, all right. So let's go ahead and uh, continue on from here. We ended up getting Charlotte Flair defeating Shotzi. Um, Rhea Ripley comes through during this match and she tries to cause a distraction on Charlotte, but Charlotte still wins with the figure eight. Shotzi taps out. Uh, after this, we get a confrontation between Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley. And this was fun. It was very simple. They kept it very simple. It was Charlotte basically saying that she'll outwork anybody because she really loves this business. And then she tells Rhea Ripley, like, you always win and you always rip people apart, but you're not going to do that to me. And that was kind of it. I'm going to be honest, guys. I actually preferred the confrontation between Charlotte Flair and Dominic Mysterio from like a couple weeks ago because that was so freaking funny. Um, this one was more serious and more like two alpha females just kind of like, you know, giving us a taste of what we could expect uh, or rather a preview of what we can expect um, from them at WrestleMania. So I did kind of wish it was a little bit more heated in terms of what we saw here tonight between Charlotte and Rhea, I think they could have been a little harsher, a little meaner, but it was fine. I'm still looking forward to this match regardless. So, but I do think that there could have been a little bit more, uh, a little bit more substance, I think, in the actual promo. I think it was a very quick, uh, it, it felt like a very quick in and out type of thing. I think they could have spent a little bit more time, um, you know, talking and maybe throwing some shots at each other or something along those lines. Um, all right. And last but not least on SmackDown, we got Jey Uso, Jimmy Uso going out there. And at the top of the show, we actually had Paul Heyman meet them or greet them at the as they were coming into the into the building. And Paul Heyman tells Jey Uso, like, hey, I'm proud of you. The tribal chief is pride of, proud of you. And uh, as we know, Jey Uso turned on Sami Zayn on Monday Night Raw. And so today he basically came out and he explained why he did it. The things you need to know. Jey Uso did not want to do it. He did not want to turn on Sami Zayn. This is what he said. The reason why he did it is because it's what you do for your family. And he says, you, and he's talking to us, the viewers at home, that we would have done it too if this was our family that we were talking about. And he kind of goes on and gives a couple of examples of things that we would do for our family and why he did this. He didn't want his brother to be clipped. And he, uh, you know, was not going to leave Jimmy Uso in that situation. And he says, I did it because I had 
to do it. And then he goes off and he tells the people like, you guys don't know anything about me. You guys root for me and this and that, but you guys don't know anything about me. And then he turns it into saying that Sami Zayn is selfish, kind of reiterating a little bit of what Jimmy Uso had previously said when he had that encounter with Sami Zayn. And he says that Sami Zayn was selfish and that all he had to do was fall in line. And then Cody Rhodes comes out and then uh, you, they share some words and it looks like it's going to be, you know, Cody Rhodes is basically telling them like, let's freaking go. You guys are here mentioning my name, this and that might as well do it to my face. And as he starts to make his way into the ring, all of a sudden we see Sammy Zayn come through from behind. And what you get is Cody and Sammy going, um, going at it with the Uso. So this was pretty much what we had here. Um, I like this because you have, you know, we're still making our way to, uh, you know, we're still we're still not at Kevin Owens wanting to team up with Sami Zayn. We're still not there yet. Cody Rhodes is obviously in this program with Roman Reigns. Uh, so you kind of had a little bit of both, obviously, mixed in here. And we've seen Cody Rhodes have Sami Zayn's back because he had his back uh, last week as well. And the, I think the week before. Um, anyway, so this was I thought this was OK. Like I was I, I kind of thought this was fine, like the, in. in Comparison to some of the other stuff that we had with the bloodline, obviously things are have felt a little bit stronger. I didn't feel this segment was necessarily that strong, but it wasn't bad whatsoever. Uh, it's more so now where now my curiosity uh, in regards to this, I'm more interested now in the portion between Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Like I kind of lost interest now in the Jey Uso Sami Zayn portion of the story. I'm more so interested now in how Kevin Owens is finally going to, you know, get back on board with Sami Zayn. I think that's a little bit of where my interest now lies with this. Uh, but we got a super chat here from uh, Steven who says, uh, what songs do you hope Taylor plays? Jesus Christ. I wish she could play all of them. All of them. Uh, I'm a big fan. I don't care. She can literally go out there and sing the ABCs and it will be like worth all the money that I spent that I'm still paying on my Capital One credit card. And the only reason I took out the Capital One credit card was so that I could be part of the exclusive Capital One sale. It's a long story, guys. It's a long story. Like Taylor just breathes and I'm like, here's all my money, everything. Uh, thank you so much to Steven, though, for asking, though. Um, all right. So let's go ahead and uh, press on from this. Let's get into Rampage, guys. Uh, we got a couple of things to talk about with Rampage, but pretty much it'll be a quick review. Honestly, uh, we won't have to spend too much time on it. It'll be pretty straightforward. But before I get into all of that, guys, uh, just a heads up. If you haven't already, head on over to YouTube. YouTube.com slash Denise Salcedo. That is my channel. That is my baby. Um, I have officially surpassed 94,000 subscribers. I'm so freaking happy about that. And I'm thinking that I'm going to hit 100K uh, after WrestleMania. I don't think it's going to happen before WrestleMania, but I do think that after WrestleMania, it will happen. And if it doesn't, I'm going to be very frustrated. But anyways, uh, I do think it'll happen by WrestleMania. So head on over there. Um, I have an interview on Monday that I can't wait to shoot and to post. I think you guys will really um, like the guests that I'm going to be having on Monday. I won't tell you guys just yet who that is. But additionally, you guys can check out uh, some of my recent interviews that I've recently done on there. I spoke with the Hex from Impact Wrestling. You guys might want to check that one out. I spoke with Billy Starks. That one got a lot of love if you want to see that one one as well um i also spoke with um 
uh, Action Andretti. Please check that one out, guys. Give it some love. Action Andretti is going to be a huge star. You guys saw him today on Rampage. Give him some love there. And then I just posted a brand new interview today, actually, with uh, Gringo Loco. So for those of you guys who are, you know, all up on independent wrestling, I'm a huge supporter of independent wrestling, guys. Like, I love indie wrestling. Indie wrestling is what really... Um, extended my love of pro wrestling if it wasn't for going to those early pwg days i don't know i I feel like being an indie wrestling fan back when i started watching made me into a bigger wrestling fan period and so i always want to make sure to be talking to these talent to, to talk to these people who are out there doing incredible things in the independent wrestling scene and one of them is gringo loco uh he has an incredible story guys uh he's so passionate about lucha libre uh i feel like that is definitely an interview worth checking out and obviously if you're a gcw fan you'll probably really enjoy this one uh, but we got a super chat here from sheldon jackson thank you so much to sheldon for this very generous super chat who says i feel bad for shotzi because her match with charlotte wasn't good anything she's done on the main roster has just been a complete miss not sure what was worse tonight that match or the end of rampage with ruby tony and soraya i didn't think the ending of rampage was bad at all so i'll talk about that so i do here's the thing guys and i hate to say this but Look, I'm a big fan of Shotzi. I really am. I really like Shotzi, but I do feel bad because, yeah, a lot of the the matches have been a little bit of misses. And it sucks because I think, I mean, uh, Shotzi, she's so cool. Her presentation is so cool. She does a lot of things that are cool. Um, She's just cool all around, and it's so easy to get behind her. So I do kind of wish that they would maybe kind of, um, you know, kind of protect her a little bit in terms of try different things to hide some of those flaws. Um, The match with Charlotte, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't great. It was just kind of like my whole thing when I was watching it. I was just thinking, okay, you know, I'm, I'm ready for this to kind of wrap up. Right. But I still think that it, it, it just sucks that there's been more negative reactions to her matches than positive reactions. And I do think that I think that kind of, you know, impacts a lot of it. So hopefully things start to turn around for Shotzi because I do think there's a lot of potential there. And, you know, she was getting some great buzz on NXT. She always kind of does get some great buzz on NXT. So I think I would like to see some of that, you know, shown off as well on the main roster. But we'll see, man. We'll see. I know this match wasn't, you know, wasn't great. um, But I didn't think the, the ending with Rampage was bad. So let's get into Rampage. All right. So for Rampage... Um, let's kick things off with a rematch between Sammy Guevara and Action Andretti. Um, this was a pretty good match. Uh, pretty much what you saw with them the first time. But this one here, uh, there was a spot from Action Andretti that I thought was kind of nuts. It was nuts because, um, so he ends up basically doing like a, a freaking cross diving cross body from, uh, from the, the corner of the, from, from the top rope. And onto the table, but the one where they have their uh, for where they have their ring bell. And here's the thing, though, that may not sound complicated, but if you watch this, the thing that was complicated about it was that not only was it a far away distance, but the angle in which he had to kind of position himself to make sure to land that, like it wasn't like he was directly going like 
straightforward, right? He was kind of going a little bit to the side. So the way that he had to like really position himself to nail that was kind of cool. Uh, if you didn't catch that, go back and rewatch that little portion there. Be, and you'll notice what I mean by uh, the positioning of things and how hard it must have been to actually, you know, make sure that that was nailed perfectly. But that was pretty fun to see. Uh, Sammy Guevara gets the win again with the help of Daniel Garcia. Um, I hope that they... Uh, Look, right now, the Jericho Appreciation Society is, you know, it's the thing. They're the thing. And they're going into this match, uh, this triple threat match with the House of Black and the Elite. So Sammy Guevara winning here makes sense. Eventually, Action Andretti is going to have to get that W, get some revenge over Sammy because they've been screwing them a little bit nonstop lately. So um, eventually, Action Andretti needs to get his, uh, he needs to get his revenge back on Sammy Guevara. But either way, this was a pretty good match. And check out, that interview with Action Andretti. But now we have the premiere of QTV is officially happening next week is when QT Marshall said it's happening. So uh, he basically says that on the premiere of QTV that we are going to find out who broke in to Wardlow's car. Um, man, did they sell me a ticket on that one, guys. I really bought it. Uh, I still, I'm still not even sure what the hell is going on with that, what the idea with all of that was. Um, but <laughs> we are going to find out who was behind the stealing of Wardlow's things on QTV. So I can't wait to see that. Uh, I thought that was kind of funny, the way that they kind of got everybody. But moving on, we ended up seeing the acclaimed defeat Jack Cartwheel and Starboy Charlie. So I have a, one thing that I really loved and one thing that I didn't love. The one thing that I did love was that we got to see Jack Cartwheel again on AEW, because you guys know I'm a big fan, and Starboy Charlie. Uh, I love these two guys. They're two good kids, man. I don't know what to say. Uh, oh, I sound old. Uh, but they are two good young guys. There you go. Uh, young guys who are freaking working hard and killing it. I've seen both Jack Cartwheel and Starboy Charlie so much in GCW, and I think they're freaking awesome. And you guys have been seeing a little bit more of Jack Cartwheel. He had that AEW dark match with Kanoshke Takeshita. I made sure to go out of my way to watch that, and you guys know that I don't watch AEW dark, but I made sure to go out of my way and actually watch Jack Cartwheel versus Kanoshke Takeshita, because I could not miss that. Uh, and so so anyways, uh, I'm very happy. I won't be surprised if Jack Cartwheel is like, you know, pretty much taken up pretty soon. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. Um, with that being said, the thing I didn't like about this match, and I've been saying it so many times now, is, and I just went at this last week, the problem with Rampage, guys, too many squashes. I'm so tired of the squashes okay I feel like every week we have one match that just is a squash and to me I don't like that because I feel like and I get it like I'm not saying like you had to go out there and give Jack Cartwheel and Starboy Charlie a bunch of near falls and a bunch of offense but I would like to see a little bit more substance in these matches I feel like there's too many matches where I'm like why should I even care that it's announced on the card if I already know it's going to be a squash I don't want that I feel like there was a real opportunity here to do a little something more to let them actually have a little 
little bit more of a match. And I feel like every single week, if there's whatever, what, four matches announced, I feel like you can always eliminate one because you know it's going to be a squash match and that it's not really going to matter. So I do wish that we had less of that on Rampage because that is one of the things that I kind of have been like a little irritated by where I always feel like there's one match that just doesn't get you know, we just don't get to take seriously. So I do kind of wish we didn't see too much of that every single week. With that being said, happy for Jack Cartwheel. Happy for Starboy Charlie. Wish we could have gotten a little bit more from this. And I know if we did, it would have been freaking awesome. But Sheldon Jackson sends in a super chat saying, the ending I'm mainly talking about is the spray can. Tony couldn't even get Tony couldn't even make the L. It was just a line. I was like, did that can malfunction or did she didn't shake the, can, the can hard enough before using it? So I'm going to be honest with you guys. Look, I have not used a spray can like ever, maybe one time in my life. Okay. And uh, I don't know what kind of skill we need for a spray, for a spray can. I feel like you might have to like you know, if you press it too much, it might come out too, too, like too thick. And then all of a sudden it's like, doesn't even look like an L, but I get what you mean because it's supposed to look like you're actually supposed to see what they're doing. I know that the spray can thing hasn't necessarily been a hit. I feel like I've seen more people kind of being like, oh, here we go again versus people actually being interested and thinking that it's cool. Cause that's what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be cool. Right. Um, so it, it's more so, I, I don't think it's working that way. It's, it's not coming across as, as cool. And I think that's probably the issue. Uh, but thank you so much to Sheldon Jackson for sending in your hot take. Or I don't know if it would be considered a hot take. I guess it depends on what everybody else thinks. All right, so let's press on from here. Uh, we ended up getting a match between Kanoshke Takeshita and Preston Vance. And this wasn't bad. Honestly, there was some fun little moments in here. I thought uh, uh, Takeshita hitting that lariat on uh, Preston Vance was good. Uh, gets him with the rolling discus elbow. That was good too. At one point, Jose, the assistant, gets involved. And I'm like, okay. Uh, Preston finally hits another. He hits um, Takeshita with a clothesline. He goes for the pin. It's a near fall. Finally, we get Preston uh, getting Takeshita with a full Nelson. Uh, he gets out of it, and uh, we end up seeing Takeshita get the win. So it wasn't terrible. It was a fine little match. I, I didn't mind it. It was fine. Um, but the match that I absolutely loved, and that is the main event, ladies and gents, the main event. Ooh, uh, let's get into this, guys, because the main event I thought was really, really good. And this is from John Dollar, who says, or Dellar, excuse me, who says, really thought Nyla versus Riho was going to be the squash. So did I. So did I, my friend. I really thought that. I don't know what I thought. I wasn't really expecting much from this match. And let me tell you when I felt that it completely over delivered. I want to see Riho, Nyla Rose a couple more times because they have some really good chemistry. Um, I was super into this one. And obviously, you know, you have the, si the, the size dynamic. You Nyla Rose is a lot larger than Riho, but it works. Like it definitely works. And there were some good moments. We got a couple of near falls. We see Nyla at one point do the senton. But uh, she I don't think she got Riho with it, though. But then the, my favorite moment of this match when I went, oh, shit. And I literally had to rewind it a couple of times. I watched it like three times. And it was that northern suplex spot where Riho got the northern suplex on Nyla Rose. 
And when it happened, I was like, wait, did I just see what I saw? It was one of those moments where I thought I didn't see it. Like I made it up in my head or something. I'm like, wait, rewind. Um, That was really impressive. Nyla got kudos to Nyla, man, because she had to get extremely light for that. Like for her to, you know, make sure that uh, to, to basically, you know, get over. So Nyla. Nyla, man, kudos, man. Kudos to her because that was really freaking impressive. And it made Riho look phenomenal as well. So good spot right there. Uh, Riho, I mean, sorry, Nyla kicks out from that. Uh, then there's a moment where Nyla hits a cannonball, but she gets nobody because Riho moves out of the way. But it still looks sick because Nyla like went full force. She does her cannonball and then gets nobody. So it looked pretty cool. Um, and then Riho went for the crucifix bomb. But because, you know, because of the size difference, uh, you know, she really wasn't able to like execute it perfectly on Nyla. But I, it added to the match, though, and it added to the fact that, you know, Riho's a lot smaller than Nyla. So. I didn't have a problem with that ever at all. Marina Shafir slightly um, interfered for a bit, but it wasn't enough there. Riho eventually wins with roll-up. So this was fun. Afterwards, we had the outcast, which are Tony, Storm, Soraya, and Ruby Soho. They come out, like Sheldon Jackson says, with their spray can and spray paint Riho. And poor Riho, she clearly has no friends because nobody came out to help her. And here's my thing. This is my, this is my, you know what? You know what? Now I'm agreeing with something with Sheldon Jackson. Yes. And you know what, Sheldon? To add to your point, this is my thing. So I didn't have an issue with what the, the spray paint looks like. No. My issue with this is more so of the fact that it has been established on the show that Ruby, Soraya, and Tony are coming after the homegrown AEW women, okay? It has been established. We know this. So shouldn't the AEW girls make like some sort of a pact? Like, hey, man, if I'm out there, I got your back, you get my back type of deal, I feel like, you know, Riho going out there and getting her ass whooped and by, you know, she's being outnumbered and nobody came out to help her. Like if next week somebody else is getting their ass kicked, if I'm Riho, I'll be like, nah, I ain't going to help you out. Nobody came out to help me. Um, So that's my gripe with it. My gripe with it is why didn't anybody else come help out Riho? You're telling me there was not one kind hearted woman backstage that could have came out and had Riho's back on Women's History Month. Not one woman could have had Riho's back. Man, now that I think about it, I so I just worked myself into a shoot right now. Just kidding. But anyways, um, I think that would be my little like irritants with it. But regardless, I love that match with Nyla Rose and Riho. Uh, it was very, very fun. So there you go. Also, the last thing we need to talk about on the show, this happened right before the main event. Uh, Mark Briscoe announced what is going to be happening with the Ring of Honor tag team titles and how they're essentially going to uh, crown new champions. And uh, basically, he announced the Reach for the Sky ladder match. Uh, this is very nice. And so the ladder match is going to basically crown the new uh, Ring of Honor tag team champions. And the, it's going to be held at the Supercard of Honor show in Los Angeles on March 31st. And so far, the team that has been announced to be part of it is going to be the Lucha Brothers. We still don't know who else is going to be in it. Or I don't even think they mentioned how many teams are going to be in it. But um. For sure, the Lucha Bros are in it, and it's called Reach for the Sky Ladder Match in honor of Jay Briscoe. So that was really nice that they um, 
that they came up with that. I thought that was a really nice way to, you know, keep the belts, you know, I know it's hard, but keep the belts, you know, moving and whatnot. And it's just a nice way to honor Jay as well. So uh, I thought that was phenomenal. And I'm excited to see that um, for Supercard of Honor in Los Angeles. But ladies and gentlemen, that was uh, SmackDown and Rampage for tonight. Uh, I really, truly hope you guys had a good time here on the Friday podcast. It's the most chill podcast of the week. I will be back next week. Tuesday, we got NXT, the fallout from Roadblock. Wednesday, we got AEW in Winnipeg. Uh, so that should be pretty, I think it's going to be a pretty newsy show. I'm, I'm, I don't know, I'm feeling it. And then Friday, I will not be here this Friday though, guys. So reminder, I will be at the Taylor Swift concert. So if you guys pop up and you're like, where's Denise? She's dancing somewhere in Glendale, Arizona. Uh, so that's basically what's going down. Alrighty, everyone. Have a phenomenal weekend. Thank you so much for being here and I'll see you next week. Bye everyone. Have a great night.